Good morning. This is Mike Stoller for the Stoller Real Estate Report on the Cats Roundtable. The meatpacking district, an area that many years ago really had meat. They were slaughtering the meat. They were doing business. I remember going back that Bankers Trust had a, for, a stronghold in the neighborhood. But today I've been involved with an individual who's been involved with the meatpacking district for, let's say, his entire professional career. I have Jared Epstein, who happens to be a principal at Aurora Capital. So tell me about how you got involved with the meatpacking district and what has happened over the past 20 years. First of all, thank you, Michael, for having me. It's always an honor to um, be in your presence and, uh, you know, to be on a, uh, a radio show, or TV show, any of your uh, forms of media. My involvement with the meatpacking district started back in 2001, before 9/11, I was a um, I was a nightclub promoter and marketer of restaurants and lounges, um, and the meatpacking was the place to be. It had a rest uh, had a restaurant called um, Florent, which I frequented it with my uh, my girlfriend's parents, who were just hip and cool. And then I would go to Lotus at night for the nightclub, which was really hot. And then of course there was Pastis and Marked. It was just an amazing neighborhood. So what happened? So the next thing that happened, I got into real estate a few years later. I had a dog. I had a new girlfriend. We were walking the dog in the neighborhood in the meatpacking district from Soho through meatpacking and then back down to Soho. On our walk back down to Soho from 14th and 9th, we passed 13th and 9th and saw a sign literally being, going, being put up on the building on the corner of 13th and 9th. It said, triple net lease available with a name and a number, Alf Naiman and some 212 number. I called them that night, maybe at like 6, 7 o'clock, as soon as I saw the sign. I said, uh, Alf, nice to meet you. It's Jared Epstein with Aurora. You know, we own some real estate in Soho. I have a family that I'm partners with that it's very well capitalized. Not well known, but very well capitalized. And we'd be interested in acquiring the building through a leasehold. I guess that's what you're looking for. Oh, no, no, no. We're not looking for a developer, he says. We're looking for a luxury retail tenant. I said, okay, that's great, but the buildings are in disrepair. I'm very familiar what, with what was in it previously, which was a hog-cutting plant and then a bakery. It's been sitting there vacant for maybe 10, 20 years because there was a tenant not paying rent and actually living in the building as well. And I don't foresee a retailer coming along and redeveloping this property for themselves to then pay you rent. It's going to cost them God knows how many millions of dollars, how much time. They're going to have to go to landmarks. I just don't think it's going to happen. If it proves that I'm right, please give me a call. And I would continue to call him like every few weeks. Alf, what's going on? What's the latest? Can I get? Can I meet with the owner? I want to explain to her like why we believe we're the right people to take over the property in terms of a long-term lease instead of a tenant. Eventually, we finally got the meeting with Deanna Durso and her mother, Marie DeLuca, God rest her soul and Deanna's daughters, so Maria's granddaughters. And we really built a very strong, like almost like familial relationship within the first hour of being together. Um, I would say, talking about my career and um, what has led me to be here with you on your show, it's really always been about relationship building with me. Um, I genuinely care about people i don't have a filter which sometimes creates like incredible relationships it could also create animo animosity sorry with people but i'm real um and i connect with people deeply very quickly 
Um, and that's what happened here with the family. Within a few weeks, we're working on the long-term lease. Um, things, you know, diverted a little bit because Louis Vuitton, LVMH, came to the table and actually wanted to take the property and redevelop it. Um, they changed their tune. Mr. Arnaud wanted to buy it at the end of the day. And then we got our deal back on track and um, signed the ground lease probably in late 2009 or maybe early 2010. So when would you say the major developments began in the meatpacking district? What year is it? I would say the impetus to the change of the neighborhood really started with Erwin Cohen back when he bought the building, which became the Chelsea Market, the old Nabisco factory, I believe it was. Right. Um, so that started it. He had an incredible vision, uh, definitely a visionary guy. Uh, I'm honored that I got to know him. God rest his soul as well. Too many people <laughs> are going um, in this story. He created something really dynamic and special, brought a ton of foot traffic and awareness to the neighborhood. Then Paul Pariser and um, Charlie yeah. bought uh, 111 8th Avenue, brought Google. And they bought it because yeah. they liked the... The power in the in the building. I was going to okay. say that fiber right. optics. That's right. It was so the, it, was it was a former Port Authority building, so it had little. I think that I don't know if they knew that at the time. Maybe it's the case. I I've never spoken to Paul about that. Like what made him acquire it? I know that it was through the RTC, so it was like very. Uh, as, as he economical. said on my first TV show, sure. If you can get a dollar increase in rent, it's worth it. And he got more than a dollar increase in rent. <laughs> that makes he sense. Very- so, so he lands Google because of this hyper connectivity that existed underneath the building. That took the meatpacking to another uh, level. And then Paul, to his credit, also brought another um, level of uh, uh, like uh, emergence to the neighborhood, which was Apple on the corner of 14th right. and 9th. That was 2009. Yeah, the the pro. I think the I think that was earlier than that actually, because I I recall when we acquired um, the corner of 13th and 9th, Apple had been there for a couple of years mm. already. The sad thing about losing um, about that building becoming Apple is we lost Marked, M A R K T, a great restaurant that had um, a massive amount of outdoor seating. And people were there morning, noon, and night, similar to Pastis, but on a much larger scale and at like the, a much more important location at the epicenter of the district. So let's fast forward today. What, what's happening over there? I know there's movement up on 14th Street. Tell me about that. There's a lot going on. So Gucci signed the groundbreaking lease on the corner of 14th and 9th, the southwest corner, to take over the former Gaslight Bar and Lounge, which had been vacant for a number of years. They opened their flagship. The northeast corner is being redeveloped by Tavros. The scaffolding finally came down. They rebuilt these beautiful, beautiful row houses from you know back in the late 1800s with an office tower behind it. We are redeveloping with um, Ari Ellis, the long-term owner of the corner. It's basically a, an island that uh, expands from 14th Street down to 13th Street with Hudson and 9th Avenue frontage. We call it like the little flat iron building of the meatpacking district. That whoever we lease that to will also continue to gentrify the neighborhood. And I think on the path of it becoming more like a Madison Avenue luxury, luxurious neighborhood. Um, Gansevoort Street, which we redeveloped, was a big 
big move. I mean, but the yeah. Kansas Forest Street, the initial thing was with Michael when he developed the hotel over there. Yes, that's right. Michael had, you know, he acquired through also a ground lease through Richard Bourne and Ira Drucker, a former surface parking lot to create what is the Gansevoort Hotel. He did a, uh, recently a great renovation. The hotel's doing great. The highest ADR it's ever had in occupancy. I think that's a testament to the elevation of the neighborhood from really a nightlife and F&B zone to a mixture of that with luxury retail and office. Okay, you really have a 24-7 community. Let's talk about residential today. Sure. What's happened over there? Got it. So there's actually, it's not zoned for residential, the Meatpacking District. However, there are some legacy grandfathered tenants that live in the neighborhood, maybe a handful of them. But to the south, you have the West Village, which is a very well-heeled uh, you know, clientele that comes to the neighborhood, the Meatpacking District, at night and during the day to shop at night to have uh, a meal, um, a, a drink, maybe you know, go, go out to dance at a cabaret. There are, there are a couple of them left in the neighborhood. Um, and then, of course, you have Chelsea to the north, which is and another great And you also have the High Line. And, yeah, the High Line isn't, uh, isn't residential, but it's a great amenity for residential office and retail. So what are, you, what are you doing with regard to residential in the community? Sure. So residential, it's an extension of the community, I'd say. It's a little bit south of here. We developed um, 150 Barrow, which is also known as the Keller because the former Keller Hotel was at the site that's on the corner of Barrow and West. We created a beautiful new condo building by merging the old Keller Hotel with a uh, garage that we acquired adjacent to it that knocked down and then two homes on christopher street that we also knocked down so that's about a sixty thousand square foot boutique luxury condo with a little retail on the ground on the corner and then a little retail on christopher we also uh simultaneously built the newest luxury rental development in the neighborhood on the corner of hudson and charles it's called 111 charles we hired uh, my friend stephen ferrara and clayton arrigo Got the building leased in record time, like right after TCO, at about $135 a foot blended. We pre-leased the retail. And next, and um, it's not last and it's certainly not least, but next is 140 Jane Street on the southeast corner of Jane and West, which will be known as 140 Jane incredible piece of land i was i would tell anyone at the time when we were acquiring it that i think it's the best piece of land left in manhattan certainly left in downtown manhattan um unbelievable unparalleled water views adjacent uh, actually across the street from the jane hotel which will become jane street bungalows from jeff klein he's creating like a members only club there so, heart of the West Village, incredible views, 100,000 square feet, very hey, pricey. Hey, look, a lot has happened over the years, and you've been very involved. I'd like to thank Jared Epstein for being here today, and I'll see you next week. You got it.